the seven Shvatim who got the Nachal at the end, so to speak. The ones we're going to talk about today are the four Shvatim of Zvulun, Yisachar, Asher, and Naftali. The four tribes already took the north of Eretz Yisrael. The whole area which today we call the Galil, the basin of Amik Israel, which is the Kinneret, that area. That's the Nachal of these four Shvatim. We're going to see that like all the other Nachalas of the Shvatim, it was allocated with the Gaira. It was given out the Gaira. The question is, like we've always seen throughout, and that is, was the Gaira a surprise? Or did the Shvatim really already know where the Chedek they were going to get was going to be? For example, for example, a lot of the a lot of the Nachala so to speak, was already foretold by Yaakov Avinu in his prophecy to the Shvatim. And therefore, let's take the next Shevet we're going to talk about, Shevet Zvulun. Yaakov already told Zvulun in his bracha that Zvulun Lechoif Amim Nishkan. Zvulun is going to live along the seashore. Lechoif Yamim Nishkan. And Zvulun's Parnassah was through international commerce, so to speak, through sailing ships. Export and import, so Zvulun already knew that his nachla was going to be along the seashore. Moshe Rabbeinu just reiterated the same thing. Smach Zvulun betzeisecho is Zvulun when you go out, when you travel. And kishefa yamim yinoku, he was given the chef of the sea. So what did Yaakov say specifically? That his borders reached Sidon. We know it's Sidon. Sidon is in Lebanon. That's the north, the north east, sorry, northwest, so to speak, border of Eretz Israel. So Zvulun pretty much knew before the girl where he was going to get. Similarly, at, uh, we know that again from Yaakov Inu's bracha, that Me'asher Shmeil Lachmoy, the land of Asher was meant to be very rich, so to speak, in oil. We know that uh, the, the, the cities of Asher, the Nachl of Asher, was where olives grew, and there were what the Gemara calls the Menachos, the place where, uh, so to speak, most fertile for growing olives. Same thing, Naftali. Naftali, it says, Naftali, I yell a shlucha, a nice madani melech. I miss him a chef, but other person says in the Zesabracha about him that he's given that he was promised the nachlo, which is like just like the ayala, just like the deer is a very fast animal. Same thing, Naftali's nachlo would bring fruit forth first. He had the first fruits always. We spoke about the valley of Ginesar. That was in the Nachla Safari. The Megid also talks about that. That the Naftali al Muraime saw that he was given the so to speak the heir of Eretz Yisrael, where there was the the sweetest or the most quickly ripening fruit. So the Shvatim already had a good idea of where the Nachla was going to be. Right? And then Nachalami, the girl wasn't there to surprise him. The girl was there just to corroborate, so to speak, what had already been foretold in the book. Right, so let's, let's see quickly where the cities of each of Nachla was, and we'll ask an interesting question. So we're holding by Perakir Tess Pasakyut. The third girl was Vayal Hagaral Hashlishi, the Zvulun Mishmechoisam, Vahigvul Nachalasam at Sarid. Sarid is the name of the city. That's where the, their border reached. Like Mavoshan tell us, this was the northwest, uh, so to speak, side of Eretz Yisrael on the seashore. Vahalak Vulam Layama went in the sea, Omar Eda, Upaga Bidavashes. Upagala Nachal Shapna Yaknam, Yaknam was the south border of Zvulun, 
We know we are coming to that. It's just not the Haifa. We shall be sorry. Kedem is a Hashemish at Gvul Kislev's Tava. We are to Adavas Olayafia. So this was the side, the other side, the east border of Zvulun, which goes alongside the coast. We shall be over Kedem is Racha, Gitzel, Hefer, Gitzel, the cotton, and the cities. We are to Rimon and Matur Hanero. The Nasa Oisya Gvul Mitzapa and Hanasna was the north border of Aitaitos of Gayiftacha. They were one of the cities. The cats of Anal Vashimim Vidal of Islachim, Orim Shishtayim Asrev Hatsrayim. Zayis Nahas Ben Lubulun is Shachosim, the Orim Elev Hatsrayim. Even though it says Beslechim, it's not the same Beslechim as Yehuda. There was two Beslechims, which is why you'll see in Megillah's Rus, it always talks about Beslechim Hashem Yehuda, or Hashem Bistay Yehuda. There was a second Beslechim. And the Beslechim of Yehuda was the Beslechim where Rus lived and uh, came back to. Uh, uh, now he came back to this Beslechim, was a different Beslechim, which was far north in the Nahla of. Of the village. just south of the Nahla of Naphtali. So, in between Yasef, which is the middle part of Eretz Israel, and Zvulun, which has, the, so to speak, the northwest border of Eretz Israel, in between them was Nahla Yisachar. It was actually a very small Nahla. Even though Yisachar was quite a big shavit. But this makes sense when you understand that the Bad Yaakov and Moshe Rebbein had promised Yisachar that their prime occupation is going to be the settlement of land. If that's the case, it didn't seem that they needed as much land for agriculture as the other Shvatim did. So we see they don't have much land. The cities of Yisrael tells us, Israel of Aksulis, Vishulim, Vachafarayim, Vishin, Vanacharas, Vaharabis, Vakishin, Vaabis, Vremis, Vangani, Vachinchado, Vais Patsait, Upaka, Gvul, Besobar, you know what Tavar is. So they were on the north, but towards the other side, towards the Yarden. Right, that was the Nachas Yisachar, and then above them was Nachas Asher. So on the west, that's Har Karmel, that's next to this, that's, that was the border which they shared with Svolun. And then on the east, we show Mizrach Hashemish by Stagun of Pogba Bizvulun, went up along the side of Zvulun, over Gayif Tachel Safoyna by Semek Benir, the Yatzel Kabul Bismol, the Evren or Rafayf Bacham and Rukana, Tzid and Rabbo, these were the cities of Asher, the Shavak Vul Haram Bad Ir Mibtar Tsar, the Shavak Vul Chois of Yu Titus, a Yama Mechabal Achzibo, the Umma Vafak Verchoy, Arim Esrim Stein Vachatsrem, those Nachas Matzib in the Asher and Zachoy, some Arim Arim Chatsrem, which we call the Galil. And the last in the Tali, who had the the area next to Kinaris, the name of Tali, Yatsagarla Shishi, the Venetoli Mishmachosam, Vahig Vora Mechelef, Meedon, Betsananim, Vadomi, and Nekav Yavnel, it's more or less the same place where Yavnel is today, which is near the Kinaris, Adla Kumi, Hayut, Tatasif, Yarden, they come down to the Yarden, Meshavak Vulyama, moving away from the Yarden to the west, which means into Eretz Israel, as is Tavav Yatsa Misham Chokaka, Ufago Bizvulun, Minagav of Ashrafago Miyam, of Yuda Yadin Mizrachashamish. Which is very interesting. It seems to have touched Zvulun and Asher. We understand those are the two Shvatim which shared the northern border with them. What it says of Yehuda Hayarden Mizrach Hashem, it says you don't understand so well. Yehuda was in the south. So how does it touch the area of Yehuda? How does the Tali reach Yehuda? Right. So there are a number of explanations in the Mephoshim exactly how they look. Um, in other words, we know that Yehuda's border touches the Yarden in the south. Then high up in that we have Binyamin, whose border also touches the Yarden. High up in that we have Yosef, who we don't find his border touches the Yarden. It was in the more the middle of Eretz Israel. And then it could be that the, the Malvin suggests is that the 
Nachal Maftali continues along the banks of the Yarden, way, da- way further south. That's what the Malbim wants to suggest. It doesn't really answer the question because even then, Binyamin also had a chalik which touched the Yarden. So it wouldn't exactly get to Yehuda, we get near Yehuda, it wouldn't exactly touch Yehuda. Um, that's the one, that's the one Mahalik in the Mufashim over here. The other Mahalik is how it got to Yehuda. That so what the material says, says over here, and that is that the Yarden River itself was shared between Yehuda and Naphtali. And therefore, even though like, we call it the territorial waters, whatever it was, the Khalik of the Yarden, which was shared between the two of them. Okay. Again, the second Beishemesh, this wasn't the same Beishemesh in Achras Yehuda. Okay, so that we spoke about the four Shvatim, which together inherited the north of Eretz Yisrael. And now we know that it was told to these, particularly to Shevet Asher and to Shevet Naphtali, we spoke about two elements of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. The one was what we call the Shuman of the fruit, the size, the fatness of the fruit, if you want, that was given to Asher. The Asher Shmei Nelachma. The Asher had that, that, that wealth of the blessing of the, the, so to speak, the fat of the, the fruit, the size of the fruit. And we know about Naphtali, like we said before, and that was given the sweetness of the fruit. Right. Now, the question is, was it specifically the Ishvatim? Wasn't the whole of Eretz Yisrael that fertile? The whole Eretz Yisrael is considered to be a land of bracha. And Hashem promised us that it's an Eretz, Chitzel, the Sari, the Gefim, the Ta'en, the Rima, and Eretz Hashem, the Dvash, and Eretz Zavas, the Dvash, what was he referring to? He was referring to areas within Eretz Yisrael, or was he referring to the whole of Eretz Yisrael? And why is this the question? Because we find by other Shvatim also, that they were given barakas, that their land would be plentiful in fruit. For example, Moshe, particularly, Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha to Yosef. He promises him, we make it for Shemesh, we make it Gerash Yerachim, we write the, that you have the plenty of the, what's, the, what's, so to speak, brought about through the sun, through the rain, through the, the plenty of the fruit. So we found that there were other Nachalas Israel which were also fertile. On the other hand, we find already from the time of Yeshua, we saw this already, that the Nachal of Yehuda was desolate. When Kaleb, we saw the story before, wanted to give his daughter Achsa to Asniel, and they were going to the Arts of Hanegev, they were going to the south, so she tells him that you're giving me a land where there's no water. So, there's nothing. so already then, it seems that the Pater is the Shal which are more fertile, and Pater is the Shal which are less fertile. It's interesting that the Gemara brings us out the first. There's a Gemara in Ksuvas, and Mamish the end of Ksuvas, and that. Kuf Yud Kuf and the Gemara says, or Rabbi Barachana says, that the Chazili Eretz Zavas Chalav Vodvash to call Eretz Yisrael. I saw the bracha of Zavas Chalav Vodvash of a land flowing with milk and honey of the whole of Eretz Yisrael, and he says, and how big was that? He says, from a person actually the mouth of to 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 Rangi. There was a certain size, which is Chof Beis Mil, Chof Beis Mil, a certain size, which was the area which was Zavas Chalav Vodvash. That's not the whole of Eretz Yisrael. That's an area within Eretz Yisrael where you saw the Zavas Chalav Vodvash. But Eretz Yisrael is much bigger than that. And if that's the case, it seems that even the Eretz Yisrael was fertile, and Eretz Yisrael was given the bracha of plenty, 
not necessarily were all parts of Eretz Yisrael equal. Even within Eretz Yisrael, there were areas which were more fertile, areas which were, so to speak, unique even for Eretz Yisrael, and areas which were lesser. Now, if that's the case, it comes an interesting conclusion. Because if you're looking at the brachas of the Shvatim, so it comes out that the north of Eretz Yisrael was much more fertile than the south of Eretz Yisrael. At the south is the Negev, the area of Yehuda, that was less fertile, there was more like a desert. And the north of Eretz Yisrael, which is Nakhla around the Kinneret, the Khalil, is much more fertile. Even today it's like that. Right? Not only this, Chazal says the first. Chazal said that when the Moshe told the Meragli which route to take in Eretz Yisrael, so he says, start from the Negev and go after the mountains. The Negev is in the south, the mountains of the Galil in the north. Why? Because, because as they go further, they'll see better and better. Right? So even in Moshe understood that the south of Eretz Yisrael is, so to speak, less luscious, less plentiful than the north of Eretz Yisrael. But that's the case, it comes to a very interesting conclusion. Because it says about the Meragim, that Bayal of the Negev, they started in the Negev, and they came to Nachal Sarek, which is in the Negev, we know where Nachal Sarek is, and that's where they took the fruit from. They took it from Nachal Sarek. This was in the Negev. Is it the same Nachal Sarek that we have today? More or less. Go through, like, around near Beit Shemesh, and then down there? South, further south. It just outside Yishalayim. <coughs> Towards where Hadassah is, in Karen, so this is still the south of Eretz Yisrael. And if that's where they got the fruit from, so we can only imagine in north of Eretz Yisrael that the fruit is even better than that, how, how much bigger they were there. Either way around, that was the first fruit they came across, that's the fruit they took. But the Maestro, that was, in, a, in relative to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, that was considered the, the less desirable part of Eretz Yisrael. Again, we need, if you need another ride, there's another Chazal, that uh, on the post again, by the Meragdim, it says that the Chevron Shevashanim Nidnasad if made Sion Mitzrayim. The Chevron was built seven years before Tsan of Mitzrayim. Tsan in Mitzrayim, Tsan is what we call today Lakso, which was a place where the Pharaohs lived, Pharaoh lived in the banks of the Aden. And we know it was, that was next the most fertile, right next to now, it was the most fertile part of Mitzrayim. And when it says Chevron was built before that, so Chazal Sayyarashi brings it over there, that Chevron was more desirable than Lakso, than Tsan Mitzrayim. Right? And even the Hebron, in relative to Eretz Yisrael, Rashi calls it the trash in Eretz Yisrael, the worst part of Eretz Yisrael. Right? And again, it's in the Negev. It's much less fertile than other parts of Eretz Yisrael. So once again, we have the same idea there also. That even within Eretz Yisrael, there are areas which are more fertile, areas which are less fertile. But altogether, it was a land of Rafa. The fruit of the south, or the place like Hebron, which was, the, so to speak, the weakest part, or the, the least blessed part of Eretz Yisrael, was still... Incredible. It was still something which was unusually blessed at that in the time of in the time of the time. Sankalvachem, the area in the north, which was the area of Lutkia, for example, Nachas Asher, the Gemara tells the story of a place called Lutkia, where they used to harvest oil, about the amount of oil that they used to produce. That's unbelievable. And so that was even more bracha, and that was the that was the bracha given to those Shvatim that they would be zeichet to that plenty. It's interesting that this is also alluded to, we saw you, Zvodan Mufurish, as well as Asher Naftali Mufurish, this is also alluded to in the bracha to Yisachar. That when Yaakov in the talks about Yisachar, he says, We saw that it was a land which gave, which was good. His Nachla was in relative to Adam, to the Aretz Kitayr. It was a land which was good. It allowed him to therefore devote himself. He could devote himself to sitting and learning because he had a good land. He had learned to produce the lot. There's a second understanding here also. 
And that is, besides for the amount of bracha in each area, it also depends what they're planting, what the harvest was. And this is an interesting point if you think about it. And that is, there are those farms, there are those people who they're, they're farming into agriculture, but what they're farming, what they're, they're, so to speak, what they're working with is with the grain. They're farming wheat or they're farming one of the five grains, whatever it is, or vegetables, tour, other kinds of legumes or other kinds of maize, whatever it's going to be, things like that. And then those who may farm it, they're farming fruit. And there's a big difference. Because the amount of investment, the amount of effort or work it takes to grow grain is much more than it comes to growing fruit. Right? When it comes to grain, like, you know, you have to be chayrish, you have to plow the ground, you have to plant the seeds, and you have to water them, and then you have to go through the whole thing so you can totally grow. And then you're after you afterwards, then again, you have to cut it down, you have to thresh them and water them, and plow the ground again and start the whole process again. It's a much more labor-intensive activity, whereas when it comes to fruit, there's much less to do. You don't have to replant the trees. The trees are there. But maybe you have to water the trees, depending how much water they have. But after that also, you just pick the fruit. And even when you have the fruit, it's not like when you pick the wheat, that you have to go through all the steps of how to make it edible. You can pick the fruit and eat it. And that was the second dimension of the bracha of the shvatim in the north. That's where the trees were. Now we said, the zekot they were given the shevach for. Asher was given the shmeina, the oil, which was the oil of the trees came from Asher. Naftali had to land with the fruit. Even today, all the fruit in Israel comes from the north, comes from around the Galil, and same thing in Sakha. It's Kitab. You saw that he had land, was able to discern land, and didn't need that much, so to speak, efforts invest, invested in it because it was land of fruit trees. Whereas the south, which was like, even today, there's only very little fruit trees in the south, the south is where if they're going to cultivate anything, it's they're cultivating wheat or cultivating the grains. Then other of it, it needs much more effort, it needs much more, um, so to speak, investment. To, to farm and to develop, then in the, when, the, when the broth is in the trees, which it's pretty much, so to speak, done for you, you don't have to invest the same amount. Okay, so those are two sides of Eretz Yisrael. It's an interesting thing. The Gemara says that the Shulchan in the, in the, in the Mishkan and the Nesimikdash, the Shulchan was on the north and the Menorah was on the south. And that, the Gemara says, the Shulchan is a symbol for Asherus, and the Menorah is a symbol for Chachma. And therefore, famously, the Gemara says, in the Midrashim as well, that Haroitz HaShiyachim Yadrin, a person who wants to become uh, wise should go to the south, similar to the Menorah, which is in the south, and Haroitz HaShiyachim, a person who wants to become wealthy, Yadrin, he should go to the north. But the symbol of the Menorah and the Shulchan, and the Shulchan is in the north, and the Menorah is in the south, but this actually plays out in Eretz Yisrael as well. Because like we saw, the natural wealth of Eretz Yisrael was in the north. The natural wealth was in the north. Um, the south was, in, even though it was Eretz Israel and had the Bracha Eretz Israel, but relatively it was less fertile than the north was. That's the question of the Dharan. Why aren't I the north? Uh, that is that's the question is up. In other words, there was more wealth available in the north. And it means that people should have had the ability then to devote themselves more to Torah, which is what Yisrachah did. Right? So, it's, uh, there's two steps. The first one is, so what's the bracha of the place? What's the bracha of the place? The bracha of the north was that, that, that it was more, uh, it produced more, it was more, so to speak, 
Lashes was more uh, wealthy, or what the ground produced, that enabled people to learn. But it wasn't actually the first step. It wasn't the school of the place. Whereas when I came to the south, in other because it was a place where there wasn't as much natural wealth, and it was a place where, which uh, the mind of the south was the Chachma. This actually has interestingly enough has a because how are you meant to become that? When the Gemara says a person who wants to become a Chachma should go to the south. A person who wants to become wealthy should go to the north. What does that mean? You meant to like, relocate, move to Beersheva, or move to Tzfas? Or, or, how are you meant to become that halacha? Right. So the process is interesting thing. It's not really a gate to us, but was a gate to them. Because for most places in the world, the least of Davin from the Estra, the east of Davin facing east. Even though most of Europe is actually not exactly east of Israel, north of Israel, but nevertheless it was understood that Israel was in the east, and how well they knew the geography, and therefore always oh, the Mitzvah for the east. Wherever they, wherever they face Davin, they Davin east. So the first can say that if a person wants to make him this Chazal, that if he wants to be Yadrim, he wants to be, go go to the south to get Chachma, so he should Davin Shmonashay facing southeast. And if a person wants Ashiris, he wants to be Yadrim, he should Davin Shmonashay facing northeast. It's interesting that the, the direction, so to speak, of Islam, the person staying in Tefillah, affects this, this balance of the north or the south. Like I said, that's not really a gap. Because here in Yishalayim, we don't dive in to the east. I'm going to be north of the higher base here, at this point in Yishalayim, at least. We dive in the south anyway. But uh, in the place where we dive in to the east, then there will be that fashion of slightly, like angling slightly one or the other way to Mekayim this thing as well. Right, so we understand why the first part. We understand why the north was the place of Ashiris. It was naturally a more fertile place. There was more Ashiris there. Why was the south necessarily more of an area of Chochum? What's the kasha between the south and Chachma? So Yishlam is in the center. Yishlam is in the middle. But uh, we see this. We see this a number of times that they went to the south to learn. They went to the south to learn. It's an interesting thing. But so much has been proven in the Matthias as well. And that is, even if being in more wealthy surroundings should enable people to learn better, normally has the opposite effect. It's possible, maybe you suffer capitalizing it, but that's not the normal Mahalakh Madrid. On the contrary, the Gemara says, It's normally the other way around. It's when there isn't that same physical plenty, that's when people learn more. Because even though it's true that the logic, the outside logic would tell us that having more, so to speak, physical comfort would enable people to learn better, you suffer with it, but most people don't. On the contrary, it seems like having more physical comfort makes people more shakur into a lifestyle or physicality, and that's a, a spirit in some way, a contradiction to being able to shakur and terror. And it starts to become more of a life of abstinence, of not having, which engenders chachma. Because you have to have more to Hashem. Yeah, have more to Hashem, or you're less interested in physical luxury, you matter, a person is more focused on, on chachma. And the best example of this is Rabbi Raz ben Arach. The famous Chazal of Rabbi Raz ben Arach, who was the prime Talmud, as you know, of Rabbi Yechim ben Zakah. Rabbi Yechim ben Zakah said about him, if all chachma Yisrael, would be on one side of the scale, and the Razum and would be on the other side of the scale, he'd outweigh all of them. So Mishnah regards. And now who the Chachma is he's talking about? He's talking about Rabbi Le'ezah, he's talking about Rabbi Shur, he's talking about Ramon Gamliel, he's talking about all the other Chachma of the time. And he says Rabbi Le'ezah and Arach would outweigh all of them. We're talking about somebody who was, is like unbelievable. And what happened to the Razum and Arach? So the Gemara tells us that after Rabbi Echan and Ben Zakai died, so his wife took him to the north, where the waters of Danada, of Sagasus, of natural spring, somewhere in the Golan. 
And uh, because he enjoyed the wine of the Masak and the waters of Slagasas, that made it together with Lenny. Which means, you see, the same idea, that uh, a place which has more physical plenty is not necessarily conducive to being able to learn that. Uh, sometimes it's the opposite effect. And therefore, the other effect. Stavka, Stavka was able to capitalize that. That even though he had the Eretzkina Ema, and the Nafla, which was very plentiful, he still managed to, to not distract himself and, stay and, and force himself to learn. Whereas otherwise, the normal Mahalak would be a Stavka place where there was less Kashmir, relatively, like Eretzkina which was a place where people used to gather to learn, it was more conducive, so to speak, to Chachma. Okay, so let's just go back to that. The, the Shvatim of the North, the Shvatim were given that Rafa physical plenty. The last Shavit left, which we're talking about tomorrow, is Shavit Don. It was an interesting story what happened to Shavit Don. He's the last of 12 Shvatim to get the Nachman.